Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a four-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top ten breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Today we're talking to Chris Brewer. He is from the Live Strong organization that everybody knows about. How are you today, Chris? Uh, it's actually a beautiful, beautiful fall day here in Austin, Texas, and it actually rained for the first time in, gosh, who knows how long here, so uh, everything is very, very good. Wow, you should buy a lottery ticket or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear about much rain in Austin. No, we've had months and months of 100-degree uh, temperatures, so it's all kind of new and exciting. Wow. So you were telling me a little bit before the show that you were uh, diagnosed around the same time as uh, Lance Armstrong, and that's how you became friends. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, in October 1996, uh, I was diagnosed October 16th, uh, and I kind of kid and I say that Lance has beat me in just about everything. Now he's had more kids. He was diagnosed before me. You know, he wins more bike rides than I do. You know, there's just an, although I am he does, but yes, I'm kicking his butt and growing a mustache though. So it's, awesome. Uh, um, but anyway, so uh, I couldn't find all the information that I wanted to about testicular cancer at the time, and uh, I was one of the early web designers in the Air Force, and so I created a website called the Testicular Cancer Resource Center, and uh, as a result, uh, Lance found that uh, as he was kind of going through his treatment option and emailed me, and uh, we ended up doing an interview and became friends because we were the only guys who, at the same time, knew about you know, what we were going through. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that must have been pretty interesting since he was, did he already uh, do the Tour de France at that point? No, not at all. In oh, fact, no. uh, I ended up uh, uh, running his personal website, and uh, we started that in 1998. Okay. And uh, I'll never forget the uh, the conversation we had where I said, hey, we should do LanceArmstrong.com. And he said, well, Brew, he goes, you can go ahead and do that if you want, but I don't have any idea why anybody would ever want to read about me. <laughs> um, so uh, that was just before he decided finally to come back to professional cycling. And as we know, you know things went well on from there. Yes. Uh, but I think it was really important to note that, that he actually came up with the idea of starting the foundation while he was going through treatment in November of 1996. Uh-huh. So long before you know, he had any hopes and dreams of coming back to cycling, let alone even racing in the Tour de France, uh, he was already in the cancer fight and ready to, to make a big difference. And, and that he has, it's just very surprising. I mean, it's awesome. And he's probably feeling the same way a lot of us did. It's like, wow, there's not a lot of information out there. What can I do? To help people well, like me. Well, yeah, right. And initially, a lot of people don't realize this. When we first started out, we were we were a urology-based cancer organization, and we put on a bike ride, we put on a gala dinner, and then we would kind of pay our bills, and then, as our Aussie friends like to say, throw money over the fence <laughs> and hope that we were making a difference. And, uh, you know, at the time, we were putting tens of thousands of dollars at a tens of billions of dollar problem, mm-hmm. and, um, and we were funding direct research. And uh, then in uh, 1998, 1999, this whole idea of cancer survivorship was presented to us. Mm -hmm. And we found finally a niche where we could make a difference because at the end of the day, uh, you know, you look at Lance's story, he got fired from his job while he was in the middle of treatment in the hospital. He didn't have medical insurance initially. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did not know if he'd be able to have children and had no idea where his career was going to go. So, you know, he's thinking, well, my gosh, if, if, if I have these problems, what's everybody else got going on? Exactly. And that's how we adopted the cancer survivorship as a major platform of Live Strong. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say that as far as survivorship goes and treatment, I have to say survivorship has been harder for me than than the actual treatment. And do you find that when you talk to a lot of survivors that that's the case as well? Um, Well, I think what we find is that, you know, if we were to cure cancer tomorrow, you know, people would still get cancer. Right. They would still smoke cigarettes. They would mm-hmm. still be genetically predisposed to it. They would, uh, you know, they would pollutants and so forth and so on. Um, and so, um, you know, so at the end of the day, we're still going to have cancer survivorship issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, so, so that's not going to go away. And, uh, and so that you know, means to us that, you know, I'll put in perspective, we opened our Cancer Navigation Center a few months ago. We hope to see 300 people in the local area here on Austin's east side. We've had 1,000 people come through last week. Oh, my goodness. Our 1,000th person. Yeah. That's so, awesome. I mean, you know, so it, I don't mean 1,000 people come through, but we had our 1,000th our person right. come through. So clearly the need for these types of mm-hmm. uh, navigation services and, uh, and survivorship issues is very, very much on the forefront. And and it definitely is. And I, I always tell uh, my followers that, you know, if I had I knew about the Lance Armstrong Foundation, but I know that there's a lot more going on now than there was when I was diagnosed just four years ago, that I think I would have had a better time of things just with, you know, knowing about Facebook and, you know, connecting with you on Facebook and and just uh, calling Lance Armstrong, you know, the Livestrong Foundation, because sometimes it's a bit intimidating and I know it shouldn't be. Yeah, but when you have cancer, everything is, you know, you feel like everything but the bus is thrown at you with paperwork and everything. And I know that the uh, Live Strong Foundation can help you with that. Very much so. And I really can say we can sum up what we do here at Live Strong in two very quick ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provide direct services to cancer survivors, uh, their friends and their family. Mm-hmm. And then we provide a platform for advocacy for people who want to get involved in the fight. Now, to your point about what do you do when you're initially diagnosed? Mm-hmm. Our cancer guidebook, which is a free 400-page uh, yes. guidebook and journal, literally takes away a lot of the stigma and empowers mm-hmm. the brand newly diagnosed cancer patient. Because when I was 33 years old and diagnosed, I didn't know anything about cancer. You know, it's what your grandparents got or exactly. something like that. So let alone, you know, I, within 72 hours, I was being asked, what type of chemotherapy and which surgeries I would like to have. You know, <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing thing. You know, I could barely spell cancer 72, days, two hours, 72 hours prior. Exactly. And now here I am being said, would you like to have this massive surgery or would you like to wait and see how things work out? I mean, you know, it's you know, crazy stuff. Yes. So we, we try to help knock those barriers down. Well, and that's awesome. I mean, you have to. And, and I should tell people, sorry, I have, I have massive chemo brain today, but um, <laughs> I, I should tell people never be afraid of asking your doctor or, you know, calling like the Live Strong Foundation and getting help because that's the one thing that people, I think, they always feel that they're too proud to ask for help. And at the end of the day, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, it's just like, well, why didn't I ask, you know, why didn't I call uh, the Live Strong Foundation earlier. Why didn't I get that book? And, you know, and I, I still have my original book. And whenever I do uh, survivorship seminars and I get one, I always get it so that if I meet another survivor, I can give it to them and say, here, you know, if you don't have this, this is the definitive book to have as far as uh, resources. Sure. And, and I think that's one of our biggest things is wanting to be able to knock down that stigma that, you know, that, I mean, you have to be 
the leader of your medical team. Yes. Nobody cares more about you than you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not empowered through knowledge exactly. and a positive attitude mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things that go around the cancer experience, you know, your odds of, of, uh, of getting successfully treated are diminished. Now, how did it... How did that work for you? Because obviously Liv's, you and uh, Lance were part of Live Strong at the very beginning. But how did you deal with survivorship? Or did you guys just talk to each other and say, hey, we need to start this because we're not the only ones? Well, initially the idea was uh, as simple as Lance saying, I don't want people to have to go through what I went through. Right. At the time, we really attributed that to chemotherapy and surgery mm-hmm. and things like that. The reality was the more difficult, as you said, was the survivorship stuff You mm-hmm. know, at the end. Because, you know, there, especially if you're talking about young adults, there's oh, some, yes. you know, a really good chance that you are going to be successfully treated as opposed to, you know, an 80-year-old person that's been smoking cigarettes for their entire life and has lung cancer. Right. Um, so, you know, this whole issue of, of, of peer support, mm-hmm. of being, uh, uh, knowing what your rights are when it comes to things like fertility, yes. employment, insurance, so forth and so on. These are very, very real issues. And so, you know, for us, that became... It, the more we dug, the bigger the 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 bigger the the uh, problem became. In fact, if you go back to then ninety eight ninety nine, even asking who was a cancer survivor was a big question. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we defined that as point of diagnosis on. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and I can tell you, I've met some amazing people who have done more in a year or two of life, uh, including my brother who passed away five years ago, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, than uh, um, than some people who have entire lives. And don't really give back and contribute. So I agree, and I and I think once you get cancer, and I can't say this for everybody, for at least myself, I feel the same way that Lance does. I never want anyone to go through what I went through, you know. And and as far as like survivorship goes, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the survivors feel the same way. You're in like the treatment bubble, and then you're like, they're like, okay, we'll go back to work now, have fun, you know, have have a great life, and you're like, well, wait a minute. I don't, you know, like a young adult, it's like, okay, well, I, what about the fertility issues? And I don't look the way I do and I feel different. And even though my friends say, hey, (coughs) hey, you look great. I have, you know, I'm still kind of bald and, you know, and, and being even in a small town or a large town, there's not that many people who are going through the same thing that you are. And whereas, you know, you can go to Live Strong and say, like, hey, Chris, you know, I know you went through this before with testicular cancer. How did you deal with it? Or, you know, or someone else within the Live Strong Foundation. But even to that point, so when we say we provide direct services, Mm -hmm. we give those services out ourselves. That could be the Live Strong uh, at school program that we developed. That could Mm -hmm. be our cancer navigation services. But then we've also found there are other organizations that we can lift up and partner with so we don't reinvent a wheel. So to your point, Hey, I'm you know brand new uh, uh, you know diagnosed person. We partnered with Emmerman's Angels out of Chicago. Oh, love Johnny! And they, mm-hmm. Right, Johnny's a great guy. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing him tomorrow at the uh, Young Adult Alliance. Nice. And uh, you know, uh, and so um, the, the the trick there is to lift those group organizations up yes. and get them the services they can. Exactly. So you know, so the, so also with our the Patient Advocacy Foundation. So we did not want to recreate an entire financial services organization. So we partnered with Patient Advocacy Foundation. That's all they do, and they're really, really good at it. 
So it makes sense to do those kind of partnerships. Right. I agree. And and I think the one great thing about this community is I have never met anybody who says, yeah, you know, I'm not really willing to help you. You know, right, er, everybody sure. in this community, even if they, you know, if even if they have a different kind of cancer, they'll be like, you know what? If I don't know that answer, I will find somebody who has a similar diagnosis or I'll, you know, contact Johnny, who, you know, pretty much talk to anybody or, you know, Matt Zachary at, at Stupid Cancer, who's just awesome. And, you know, they and yourself will find somebody who can help you, whether right. it be in your organization or somewhere else, which is just right. great. I, I think, though, that what's one of the things that we have found that with Livestrong is that uh, we achieved this kind of trusted broker role. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we didn't ever intend to go out and say, hey, we will bring diverse organizations together right. to unify in a single cause. But we found that we were able to do that, and one of the ways we were best able to do that is through our Global Cancer Summit uh, in Dublin, where we brought 500 people from 65 different countries uh-huh. around the world uh, to talk and about what they're doing in the cancer fight, share ideas, build partnerships and coalitions. I mean, not a lot of organizations can do that. No. Now, is, do you have that every year, or is that just one... It was a one-off that we did, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, so so um, it, it worked out really well. But then that went on and built other things. That's how right. we first got introduced to Johnny Emmerman. Mm-hmm. That's how we did some work with um, Love, Hope, Strength that does yes. uh, uh, bone marrow drives at rock concerts and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we were able to find these great, great people and continue to work with them. And then that led to our work in South Africa, now in Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll be furthering that international work as well. So tell me, speaking of international work, uh, we were talking a little bit about Team Livestrong. Now, that's your cycling challenge? Actually, Team Livestrong is a, is kind of, you can kind of call it our endurance sports side of the house. Oh, okay. Um, we do produce uh, several Livestrong challenge events, such mm-hmm. as the one we put in Austin, uh, Davis, California, uh, uh, Philadelphia, and those are events that we put on ourselves. Okay. But then we also have kind of taken uh, some some lessons learned from other great organizations, and we will now like send teams to. We just had a team in the New York City Marathon. Oh, nice! To yeah, 225 people that raised almost a million dollars for the foundation, wow. and we didn't have to put the event on. I mean, so you know, it was a really, really good. Uh, 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 a way of, of giving people a very unique experience, doing some great fundraising, getting the Livestrong brand out there. So mm-hmm. it all works really, really well. Yes. And and who would have thought it all would have kind of started with that yellow bracelet? <laughs> that was, <laughs> yes. And when we got the first $5 million from Nike, we really thought we could sell 500000 Uh To date, we're at $83 million right now. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, yeah, I have mine on right now. I think it's like my <laughs> second or third one because it's, it's worn out. Um, so I know it's November. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about uh, Movember. Is it Movember? Movember. So it's a combination. Yes. Uh, in Aussie slang, a mo is a mustache. Oh, okay. And so in 2003, these six Aussies got together to really do something social. And uh, and the first year, they just had a lot of fun with it and had a party, and their girlfriends thought they were ridiculous. <laughs> the next year, they decided to use it as a platform to raise some money. They raised $54,000 for Prostate Cancer Foundation. A few hundred guys participated. Everybody thought a lot of fun. To date, 1.1 million people have participated, and they've raised $174 million in the fight against cancer. Wow. So how does <laughs> so I know that you're growing one, but how does one go about raising money to grow a mustache? Well, I think one of the first things that's really interesting is that raising funds isn't 
it's kind of a backwards model. Right. They want people to participate primarily. Mm-hmm. So you go to Movember.com, you sign up, you kind of read a little about it, which basically says for the month of November you try and grow a mustache, and then kind of put out the word about men's health issues. Right. You know, you want to talk about things like age-appropriate cancer screenings. You want mm-hmm. to talk about taking action if there's something wrong with you in general. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of where women are already. We're like 30 years behind. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that women are so important in the campaign. Right. And then so the other side is a fundraising aspect that people can they can have events. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can have a Web page and just share that link with uh, with their friends and coworkers and stuff there. You know, it's but it's really the participation that is pushed. And then the fundraising just comes around organically. Awesome. So so do you have a contest within Live Strong? Who's going to grow the biggest mo? Uh, we kind of have a few ringers on staff here. Oh, which, no. It's not really a fair competition, but I can tell you it's the one thing I said I'm absolutely better at than Lance Armstrong. Really? <laughs> so is he is he growing a mo as well? He is absolutely. So is Doug Ullman, our CEO. And, Excellent. Uh, yeah, we, we really embrace that because uh, we're very fortunate. We are, uh, we're 40% beneficiaries. We just mm-hmm. signed a multi-year agreement with Movember to nice. be their primary cancer survivorship provider. So uh, we really get behind this program. Plus, the guys are just great friends and good partners of ours. And, and I know it, it transfers to everywhere because I know a lot of people say, well, it's, I don't think they understand what Movember means, but... Uh, even my, some of my hockey teammates are like, "Oh, it's no shave, November." You know, I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to get them to understand like the whole concept. So, right. Uh, well, that's, and that's kind of an organic thing to so that people have had just in general. Right. This is a formal program, and, mm-hmm. and it's one that we're really proud to be a part of. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get my, you know, the guys on my team because I play on a co-ed team to be like, okay, well, this is why you're doing it. It's not just that. It's it's for the whole reason of cancer awareness and everything and. And I, and I think it's so important, and it's unfortunate that I can't grow a beard. <laughs> well, actually, you're probably very fortunate that you can't grow it, but you can still support the guys that do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. I do. I mean, I, I support any uh, cancer organization that that even just helps out one person, that's for sure. And I don't mean to cut this short, but mm-hmm. one of my jobs that I do here at Livestrong is yes. I give tours around the headquarters here. Yes. And it's something that we love to give people around here. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a six-time cancer survivor who's oh, also an nice. Ironman triathlete who's waiting up at the front door for me right now. Okay. Well, quickly, uh, can you uh, let people know if they want to get a hold of you, how can they do so? Sure. So the first thing we always want to tell people is if you, if you know anybody that has a cancer problem, mm-hmm. Livestrong.org, and there's a big old get help button. It's that simple. <laughs> So, and that tells you you can contact us through email, online, or telephone, or if you live in the Austin area, come to our, our headquarters here on the east side. Uh, and then for Movember, it's really simple, Movember.com, and Excellent. there's all kinds of great information there. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Say hi to your uh, six-time cancer survivor, because that is awesome. <laughs> uh, and, Brian's uh, an amazing guy. I, I bet he is, and uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your time with us today. Great, Mel. Thanks for all you're doing in the fight against cancer, and as always, live strong. Absolutely, live strong. Well, hang on. I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is Mal Majoros. I am the Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook because I am a Facebook junkie, Mal Majoros. Become a fan of the Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com on Facebook. Check out my blogspot, thecancerwarrior.blogspot.com. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's the Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com.